Good morning and welcome to the Dad Stoic Podcast. My name is Thomas Kingwell and I'm the host and founder of the Dad Syndicate. Really excited to be here, down here in the basement again at 5.50 in the morning to bring you another episode, episode number six. Today we're going to be looking at the arena number three again. Last week we looked at marriages. This week we're going to look at the all-important one that we're all about here, which is our relationship with our kids. Now, there was so much to go through and so many things you can apply to your life as far as Stoic philosophy goes and Stoic techniques, and it's been very interesting for me as a man, a husband, and a father to be applying these in my life and to be kind of evaluating my progress as I go along. Now, it's been very obvious that I'm far from Stoic and far from being someone who practices Stoicism uh, 100%, and I suppose we'll never get there, but uh, I'm moving closer, and it's really interesting to see how you can use Stoicism and the books that I have and the teachings of Epictetus and Marcus Aurelius and so forth in as a, as a barometer, sort of a way of measuring um, how you're showing up as a man and as a father. Uh, often we look to other people, we look to other situations to kind of see how we're doing, you know, even our emotions, where stoicism really is kind of an objective view and you can really uh, measure up against certain philosoph- philosophies or certain points or certain techniques or or certain principles and say, wow, am I, am I, am I meeting it or am I f- falling short? How am I falling short? Because it's really crystal clear. It's really clear cut. You really can see where you can step up and where you can make improvements in your life. So I'm on that path. I hope you guys are on that path as well and are using it to reflect. Um, I did a couple of podcasts a while back with pastors and kind of was saying how Christianity and the Bible is like a, a you know, a pre-made roadmap to being a good father and a husband and kind of its principles in it that are timeless. And it's not different with Stoicism, although Stoicism can go uh, beyond the religions and kind of spread to everybody or apply to everybody all over the world um, without having us to commit to one belief as far as who created the world and so forth. So that's quite exciting for me to have found this and to really be delving deep into this. And that's what this podcast is about. It's about me delving deep into Stoicism, um, getting deeper and deeper. Got a, got a few other books now, listening to podcasts myself, watching videos and bringing it all together and kind of distilling what I think is valuable in each arena of a dad's life. Um, as I said before, this is going to be one on kids. And wow, it's really obvious that if we're going to apply these principles and do these techniques that we really are going to step up our game as fathers and be there for our families in the way that they need it. Now, if you're listening to this for the first time, um, there's a disclaimer that stoicism is always thought of, you know, boring, joyless kind of people, which is kind of the opposite. You know, it's just that we don't follow our passions. And as you'll hear that you really have your emotions under control, not that you are emotionless. And in fact, stoics, um, as William Irvine says in his book, a guide to the good life. He says that Stokes will be prone to <laughs> sporadic outbursts of joy at how wonderful life is because you really are able to appreciate that from a point of view without all the mangle and the mess of our emotions sometimes getting in the way. So before I jump right into that, I just want to say, please uh, go on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating there, uh, write a review. That'd be really great. And share this with whoever you can so we can start growing this and so that I can eventually have more time to work on these things. As a full-time teacher and father of four, you can imagine it's quite difficult <laughs> to get all these podcasts done and do all these things but I really love doing it and um, as you see it's 5.55 in the morning it's uh, I've got to find the time and the place uh, to do these things so that it doesn't mess with the other things in my life which is a very difficult thing and Stoicism helps me so check us out on Facebook check us out on Instagram I've listened to many other guys saying that they couldn't do it without their followers or people that band together with them and it really is true I can't do this without you and it really 
improves and gets better with the guys that join us, especially in the Facebook group, the Dad Syndicate Arena, which is a closed group. Just these guys that just know much more than me in there and add more value than I could ever add. And I think when we come together and we keep the caliber high and the quality high, then we can really benefit from it. But anyway, let's get going. Let's jump into this. So when we looked at Stoicism and when I look at Stoicism, I look at the different principles and techniques. Now, there are so many that you could literally do many, many podcasts with different things. And I possibly will, and not possibly, but definitely will come back to obviously how Stoicism helps us as fathers in specific areas would probably help. But at the moment, we're just going to look at a general one. And I've got about seven to eight points here of how Stoic principles and techniques can really help us to be better fathers. And it does. You know, when I've applied these things, it's really made uh, me a better dad and made me able to be you know, objective, get my ego out the way. And some of them are like directly applied to our children and how we interact with them. And then some of them are just how we interact with ourselves and even how we interact with other people in the world. And in fact, the first point is one more related to how we relate to people that are around us and how they affect the way that we parent. So the first one is insults. You know, we shouldn't give in to other people's insults and they shouldn't really uh, sting so much. So taking the sting out of insults of other people. And why should we do that is in a lot of a lot of instances, we function in a way when we think about other people and what they think and how we should do that. And we listen to other people's opinions and when other people, you know, criticize us, and it's not direct insults where someone is, you know, swearing at you or, or calling you names or, you know, really put downs, just those little criticisms that can come up and can then influence us. I remember once when I was on a ship and my son was acting up and this guy was getting really annoyed on this on this boat. And instead of like understanding my three and a half year old was a three and a half year old and responding to him in the same way. I started getting annoyed with him. Now, a stoic wouldn't do that. A stoic wouldn't get annoyed with him. He'd look at it, he'd be objective. He would still guide his son and realize that as far as principles and serving other people, that that's what, what he, he isn't doing if he's not taking care of his son. But to get angry with that and then disturb the relationship with our children because of what other people think is not that great. And also, when we are kind of following what other people say, we aren't really sticking true to ourselves, you know, what we believe, what we think. And sometimes the results of what we do come out way later. I mean, we know that in, in history, there's been many cases of people that haven't been appreciated for what they were doing while they were alive or came up with theories like Charles Darwin that people ridiculed and mocked. And as you see now, most people would say the theory of evolution is basically scientific, scientifically proven. And we accept that as truth. And that's with many, many things. Vincent van Gogh was a painter, kind of rejected his whole life. His paintings only became famous afterwards. And some of the things we do as dads might seem you know, to other people not to be the right way. And a lot of the times you get those things when us as dads are pushing our kids out of their comfort zones, you get a lot of people um, throwing in their two cents and, and criticizing us. And we can sometimes let our ego get, get injured by that and that disturbs our tranquility and then can also disturb the way that we react with our kids. And so the thing is, when we, when we react to insults in a positive way, we can turn the situations on its head. And Epictetus said, it's not what happens to you, but how you react that matters. So what we need to do is consider the source of an insult. If you respect the person and value his opinion, try to learn from it. So at the same time, don't always see everything as a criticism, as an, as an insult. Look at the things people are saying and say, okay, well, that's something I can use. I respect this person. I'm going to use it. If you don't respect the person, then why are we getting so upset about it anyway? Uh, we should be we should be kind of relieved, as William Irvine says in his book. If that person disapproves of you, you are likely doing something right. So if you don't respect people and they're criticizing you, that should kind of be par for the course and should actually happen. If they're not criticizing you, then perhaps you should look at it and go, hmm, 
maybe I should change a few things here because the people that I actually don't respect and don't think that they are doing things the right way um, are not criticizing me. Hmm. Perhaps I need to change what I'm doing and become a little bit more criticized. I think... James? Jamie? Hello, good morning. My little son here that has come into the basement. Jamie, come here, sit on my lap because your feet are cold. At, you're too early, it's six o'clock in the morning, my boy. Okay, well, this is not expected, but anyway. Um, I might have to come and I might have to go put a little something on for him or <laughs> get him up to his mom. So that's insults. And obviously when our kids are insulting us or criticizing us or getting angry with us, guys, we're grown men. We don't have to react with anger. I often do get irritated. And this week on Monday, I really got annoyed with my kids um, with certain things that they did and certain things that they said. And sometimes they don't respond in the way that I appreciate it. And that gets my ego and gets myself in a twist. And that doesn't help either. So let's look at it, you know. Things are going to happen. Our kids are going to be like that. They're going to react to us negatively. Sometimes people are going to react negatively to us. Don't let it disturb your tranquility and don't let it influence the way you raise your kids unless it's from someone you respect and then you take it on the chin and you take that advice and use it. So number two is our passions shouldn't disturb our state of being or our stillness. Now stillness is very important as a father and as a husband to be able to be still, to get away from the noise to remain calm under pressure are all things that we are going to use and are going to be really game changers when it comes to dealing with things and being better dads. And our passions and the things that we are really excited about shouldn't come at the cost of that stillness and that state of being. I think a lot of families suffer because guys start chasing their passions. And I think this is one of the things that I'm struggling with at the moment, as I said, is that this is obviously my passion project, inverted commas, whether I like that phrase or not. It's something that I'm doing on the side. It's something that I'm not getting money for. It's something that I wake up early for. For instance, now I'm on the podcast. I just took my son upstairs to actually watch a bit of Paw Patrol. I think it's okay to a degree. And you can comment on my Instagram or Facebook if you disagree with that. Um, but we can't let it come at the expense of my family. And that's often when I weigh this up and weigh up, is this disturbing my tranquility because I'm putting too much worth on the goal? Um, and passions can have a, be a wide variety. I mean, there can be passions that are completely unhelpful for us when we get into relationships with members of the opposite sex that perhaps threaten our marriage and realizing that as men, we have to have that under control, that we aren't giving into these things. I think that we have to be very vigilant of ourselves and where we are putting our time, where we're putting our energy, where we are putting our thoughts and not allowing passions to overtake us. And I think that's the what the Stoics are really looking at is that when we aren't in control of our emotions and we aren't recognizing uh, where we are actually headed, when we start off something, we need to always be aware, hmm, this is building a passion. This is something that could overtake me and whenever we become obsessed about something it can be dangerous because obsession is usually out of control and stoicism is all about being in control so be be aware of that and let's try our best to you know it doesn't mean not having goals we had this discussion with a group of men yesterday you know it doesn't mean having goals and objectives and working really hard and being our best because that's also what stoicism is about but it shouldn't come at the expense of our family there's a time and a place for everything and i think we need a plan those things really carefully. I'm not that great at it yet. I'm starting to get better at planning. Like for instance, this podcast usually doesn't happen when anybody's awake. Um, so that's the way I've taken control of that. And, you know, it helps us to be objective and stay cool, stay calm and be in control of ourselves so we can be really intentional and presence 
of as dads and have less ego in the way. Often we get into these passion things and we just, you know, sometimes it's often about our ego and how we look and what people think of us. And, you know, a lot of people want to be famous and make a lot of money, you know. At least that's not my goal, which I'm really excited about. Used to be when I was younger, but I'm really not interested in that. I really want to serve you guys as dads and I really want to set up a life for myself where I can be at home more. Um, so there's always that balance and try to find it. So let's go on to number three, which is we've applied to all the other ones, which is negative visualizations. And as Marcus Aurelius says, do not indulge in dreams of having what you do not have, but reckon up the chief of blessings you do possess and then thankfully remember how you would crave for them if they were not yours and we've been through the practice and the technique of negative visualization but for those who haven't been listening negative visualization is obviously visualizing things that you don't have or things not being there so for instance when you are getting annoyed with your kids and the pressure is boiling it's just imagining for that moment that that child would not be there i think that we would miss um even the bad moments and we would even miss probably a tantrum you know and those little things that annoy us about our kids often as I've said before become the things that are kind of special and unique about them if we take a little bit of a step back and imagine this child wasn't there now as I've said before possibly I had um, the situation with my son where I did nearly lose him and so it's quite easy for me to take that step back and imagine if that had happened and that is a really scary thing you know he was two years old he's um going on nine now and to think I remember sitting in a car and crying on the way to the hospital and thinking to myself, like, I started picturing all the moments in the future that I wouldn't have if he did not make it through. And during the operation, it was just hell and just imagining all these things that he's done now, which is amazing, you know, playing guitar, playing soccer, doing all these climbing trees. And so I can really relate to this really well. Do I always succeed in it? No, but it's something we can really use as an awesome technique to go, well, these are the things I have. I'm really grateful for them. If I, if they weren't there, how would I feel? Um, and it adds more appreciation to life and more joy in opposition to what people think about stoicism is that when you actually picture that, you really can embrace. You know, when I think of my little daughter, I think if anything could happen to her, just the love and the, the joy that builds up in her, um, in me, sorry, um, and probably in her as well, uh, just is, is such a wonderful thing. And I encourage you guys, you know, think about your life. Think about the things that you have. And not the things that you trying to that you want in the future, because that's the other flip side of it. Is that when we're dissatisfied and we don't focus on what we have, we always keep on longing for something else. And as Stoics, we shouldn't be putting all our interest and our energy into things that we want, because that's where uh, the danger of losing tranquility and being always on a path to wanting more and wanting to get the next biggest thing and not being satisfied. And I would like to put an end to that in my life, because I'm tired of striving for other things. Like I said, it doesn't mean not having goals and, and, and going after things that we want and contributing to the world, not at all, because we should be serving people. But let's put it in perspective and let's use this technique to really appreciate our families and let's appreciate our children um, as much as we can. Number four, the wonderful trichotomy of control. Now, Epictetus was obviously talking about the dichotomy of control. And as he says, to complete you, to free you from restraint, compulsion, hindrance, to make you free, prosperous and happy. And that is what it was a commentary on the dichotomy of control is that that's what it's for to complete us, to free us from restraint, um, compulsion, hindrance, to make us free, prosperous and happy. And you would sometimes think like, you know, get putting control in our lives and being disciplined and, you know, cutting us out. And these kind of things would be negative for us and would help us to be less free. But in fact, it's very freeing to be free of, you know, the compulsion and our impulses. 
I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times I've been frustrated after the fact when I've given in to my impulses and gone like, oh, I wish I just had had control over that in the moment. And this is one a big one for me is focusing on what I can control, which is me. You know, that is where it's at. It's basically that's the limit of your real full 100% control is yourself. There's nothing really outside of yourself that you can fully control. You can control what you are doing and you can control what you're thinking. You can even control not your emotions, but the feeling that arises from your emotions. You can recognize that emotion and go, well, what am I going to do with this emotion? And often my choice of what I do with that emotion is not wrong, but it's unhelpful to me and it's unhelpful to my children. So with our children, we've got to understand this is a being on its own. I cannot control this. And I think this is one of the things that mainly disturbs me as a father is that I'm trying to control things. So a Monday morning comes, comes around. I do the things I can control. So I get them up 10 minutes early. I get myself up, you know, an hour at least before them, get things done so that I'm prepared for the day. And that's where I take control of myself. And then I try to control them, get your stuff ready before school. But there's inevitably something that is beyond my control and disturbs me. And this Monday was exactly an example of this, where I didn't stay calm and realize that I've done everything that I can to control or reflect on the fact that maybe I haven't. But at the same time, they are human beings. They are not able to be controlled. And as they get whole older, it's a different type of not being able to control it. But as they become teenagers, you have less influence. And when we talk about the trichotomy of control, we have on the one side, we have things I cannot control completely out of my control. The weather, whether the sun comes up, these kind of things are completely under my control. And then I have the things 100% uh, that are in my control. Okay, what am I going to think now? How am I going to respond? What clothes am I going to put on? Um, these kind of things are 100%. And then we have the middle line, which where some people took Epictetus dichotomy further to trichotomy, which is where do I have partial control? And I like to talk about influence. And it's these areas that are quite critical to identifying with our children. Where are the things that I have partial influence and accepting I have partial influence, but doing all that we can in that sense of the word? So for instance, Setting up routines at night make a big, big difference. Spending time with our children, just looking them in the eye and listening to them. Having dinner times together, huge one. You know, we've committed to having dinner times and mostly breakfast on the weekends. A bit hard for all of us to sit together in at breakfast at, in the weekdays, but we've committed to these things. And there's a long list of things that you can do to influence the behavior of your children. You can model reading to them and hope that they pick it up. You can try and force them to read. Good luck with that one. Um, I think sometimes it's good for us to let them sit down and work through things so they can learn to decode the words and learn the nuts and bolts of reading. But to really have a love of reading, can you force it into a child? No, but you could influence that by reading yourself, having books lying around. You know, you come to my house, there's books everywhere. My children see me read often. They see me on my phone often as well. So it's going to be a, you know, that's also a problem and I've got to work on that. So therefore I can control it. How much am I on, on digital on digital media, how much am I on screens? How much do I use myself? And, you know, so these are the things that we've got to, you know, think how we can control. And our bad behavior often is what we can control. And often our behavior is what influences our children. And we can take control of ourselves, not swearing. You want your children not to swear? Good idea not to swear yourself. Want your children not to bicker and fight with each other? Good idea not to bicker and fight yourself. But releasing control and understanding that whatever happens, that I'm going to accept it. And when we move on to the next point, it's exactly that. It's just moving on and understanding I cannot control these little human beings. I can influence them as much as I can, and I need to be intentional about that. And I would recommend you sitting down if you are, if things are haywire, sitting down with pen and pencil, you know, open a Google Doc if you need to, write down the ways that you 
are able to control things, write down the ways that you are completely unable to control, decide not to get upset about the things you can't control, decide to really put energy into things you can control, and then try and recognize the way that you can partially control things and influence things. And that's a really important thing. Sit down, write the ways that you can set it up as much as you can. And then, then you've got to just step back and take it and accept what happens and not get wound up. And I'm saying you, and I'm saying me, we need to just step back and go, you know what, this is out of my control. So I think that's enough on that point. So we can move on to number five, which is the zoom out technique. So we can be so much in the situation, like on Monday morning, I was just so much in the situation and in my rage, so to speak, I wasn't able to take that step back. And if I just stepped back before the fact and zoomed out and gone, you know what, Tom, this Monday morning, really in the scan in the scan or the span of the universe and time is really not that important and if you actually let it go and don't react in a way where it seems like it's so vital that you get to work and pick up that colleague at that time and that the children are listening to exactly what i say things will go far far better um, and then actually be more significant than what actually happened is you know losing my calm starting my week out bad starting my kids week out bad feeling guilty about you know the way that I spoke to them feeling sad that I'd you know not treated them in the way and my kids go back to their mom on a Monday you know we swap week by week and to end my weekend like that was really not good and if I just zoomed out for that moment things could be quite quite different and so there's this great quote you can rid yourself of many useless things among those that disturb you for they lie entirely in your imagination and you will then gain for yourself ample space by comprehending the whole universe in your mind and by contemplating the eternity of time and observing the rapid change of every part of everything how short is the time from birth to dissolution and the illimitable time before birth as well as the equally boundless time after dissolution and i think those words really hit hard when you start realizing that most of these things, as we've seen, is what we make it. It's up to us how we see it. And when we step back a little bit and look from the bird's eye view and zoom out, as I've said before, zoom out little Tom in the basement, zoom out to the house, zoom out to Kalbar, where I live, zoom out to, to Bavaria, zoom out to Germany and the world and the universe it's, or the galaxy and the universe, you just think like, wow, like I really am so small. And when you look at time... Um, as it's been and time in the future also so tiny and we need to remember that things come and go you know days come and go monday's gone you know here on friday and do i look back on the monday and think like wow that was a great decision no and if i'd taken the time to realize my place in the universe and be stoic in that moment it would have given me so much perspective and i think we can apply this to so many things in our life so that zoom out number six is discomfort so choosing to be uncomfortable so as the stoics say but neither bull nor a noble spirited man comes to be what he is all at once. He must undertake hard winter training and prepare himself and not propel himself rashly into what is not appropriate to him. Now, I don't have to tell you guys, I don't think it's a mystery that basically being a dad is tough and there's tough times and there are uncomfortable times. There's, there's lack of sleep. There's times when you have to deal with loud noise. There's times when there's mess thrown around. There's times when plans, as, as my ones on Monday or holiday plans, don't, don't come to fruition or don't work out. There's times when your kids are sick. And I'm just mentioning five things. And when we are able to put ourselves intentionally in uncomfortable situations, it helps us to harden ourselves, become more resilient, and to deal with tough things with our kids much easier. And also to reference those things and go, you know what, I've been through this and that. This isn't so bad. And for instance, you know, I didn't choose it, but when my son got really sick and ill and 
and had to go to hospital and, and that whole episode played out where he was there for three months and it was really scary or when my twins were born and they stayed in hospital for 10 weeks and every time I went to the hospital I was I was just so glad they were alive it kind of gave me perspective on little cuts and bruises and and little sicknesses and stuff that other parents are getting all worked up about I'm kind of like in perspective and that's because I've been through something so tough so as men and dads, let's do those techniques and those practices that harden ourselves so that we can actually step up and be there in very difficult times. I mean, when my other children were born, um, when James was born, you know, we went through a thing where his heart rate dropped during the birth and I had to stay stoic. I had to be strong in that moment. There was no ways that I could have fallen apart. And um, I might have done that if I hadn't experienced um, negative or, or obstacles before. And I think that us as men are going to face many times like that where we've got to be strong and, and stand up and, and be there for our partners and be there for our children without losing losing it and, and being uncomfortable. And how many times do we complain and whine and moan as though somehow that's going to help us? And I think when we put ourselves under under in, intentionally into discomforting situations or uncomfortable situations, we really harden ourselves so that we stop complaining about the tiny things, you know? So there's things like the following go and have cold showers. I have a three minute cold shower every morning, or if I didn't have it in the morning, I do it at night. And yes, it doesn't feel great. But after that, I feel pretty tough. And I feel like it's actually helping me not be sick this winter. I haven't been had a cold or, or had a cold that's taken hold of me. Um, I felt like I'm getting sick. And every time I feel like I'm getting sick, I go to sleep at night and I wake up fine in the morning. And this morning is actually one of those times. And I think cold showers have something to do with that. So do your cold showers, man. Amazing. I can post some articles in the Facebook group of why cold showers are so beneficial. There's a multitude of reasons. Exercising in the morning. Get up early, you know. Push yourself. Get outside there in the dark. I think it feels great to do that. Definitely definitely hardens you a little bit. Um, you know, take off your take off your jacket in the cold and have a bit of a walk outside them. Let yourself get hungry. Fast for a day. You know, this is one I really struggle with. But getting hung, getting hungry for a while and understanding that this is a feeling. Then when we are hungry and haven't been able to eat because the light, the day's been just so so busy and things, and we haven't been able to get around to that, um, that our body isn't so. De- dependent on these things and our emotions so dependent on these effects of these things because I know when I'm hungry or tired um, I definitely am not reacting in a great way and not really being the best dad I can for my kids and, and my, my, my fuse is much shorter you know get them sleep on the floor so you can appreciate this and guys in the world today there are a lot of people that live these things every day out there and as dads we should also be able to identify and empathize with other people but I think these things all help us to deal with our kids a little bit better and when things are tough that we can just you know be the rock be stronger for them and not fall apart or be complaining and, and modeling and complaining weak behavior for our kids so there's many many things you can do to put yourself in intentional discomfort and um, harden yourself a little bit so once you overcome the need for comfort life just becomes much easier and being a dad becomes easier guys so let's get on to the penultimate point which is number seven which is the one that I, I'm, I'm loving at the moment and the, and the little mantra that I have which is more fatty and um, as they said I want to learn more and more to see as beautiful what is necessary in things then I shall be one of those who make things beautiful more fatty let that be my love henceforth I do not want to wage war against what is ugly and that's actually Friedrich Nietzsche and Amor Fati is just accepting things as they are and seeing beauty in so much more than we are used to seeing 
in, as typically beautiful, in seeing beauty in the pain, in seeing beauty in the hardship, in seeing beauty in every situation we go into and choosing that that situation. So with our kids, when it comes to relating to our children, that we just accept those things. Sometimes we see situations with our kids as as bad and negative when we go into these situations or we are found in those situations and allowing our tranquility to be disturbed, allowing our behavior to be influenced by the situation because we see it as negative. And this obviously links to seeing things as negative and as positive um, and understanding that we have the power in our reaction to see things as they are. And, and you know, Amor Fati helps us to love fate, love what is coming, love those hardships and act as though we have chosen those things for ourselves. So when we go into the situations with our children, Children that are tough and are difficult. For instance, when our kids are losing their cool and stuff, to just go, you know, Amor Fati, I've chosen this fate. Here are my children. Let me see the good in this. Let me see the wonder that I actually have these children. Let me see the wonder that I've got up in the morning, that it's a beautiful morning outside, whether there's a storm raging inside or outside, to be able to face it with the same kind of stoicism, should I say, and the same sort of calm, tranquility, wisdom. And I think when we see things like this, and I've applied it a few times going into a situation that I might have seen very negative and got very nervous about to be, be excited about the situation and the conflict that I'm going to resolve or a situation that is, is difficult for me. And when it comes to our children, it's it's no different that we have to go into the situations with a with a positive thing. When our kid is sick, you know, it's it's no use us getting all like fearful and worried, which which I do sometimes and it's natural. But being able to go, you know what, I'm accepting this. I'm going to be strong for my child. I'm going to be strong for my kids. And I think when we have this this kind of approach to life, and are not fighting against what is in inverted commas ugly or bad or wrong the whole time. Um, it can really serve us well as fathers and to help us to be objective and stand up for our children. So, for Amor Fati, love fate. And for number eight and our last one, what is the way becomes the way. And in his book, The Obstacle is the Way, Ryan Holiday has delved in deep into this and gone extensively into this uh, topic. And I recommend you reading his book. I'm reading it at the moment. It's really wonderful. And... We are naturally disposed to admire more than anything else the man who shows fortitude and adversity, and that's from Seneca. Um, if you think about it, we always admire people that are really strong and able to take things on the chin and deal with obstacles and get stronger through obstacles. And I think that's what we need to do is understand that fathering is probably the best testing ground and the best proving ground and the best character building and virtue building uh, practice or things we can think we can do in our life. And when we start realizing that every opportunity is an opportunity, an obstacle to grow from and something we can face and grow stronger from. I mean, if you look in life, guys, it's always like that. Whatever is tough and hard is what grows us the most. And when we look at fathering like that, when we look at every situation with our children, that is a chance to grow patience. You know, you don't just get given patience, you know. Some people pray to God, and I used to as well, you know, let me be patient. But God puts those things in our path, whether you believe in God or not. Um, it helped us to develop patience, it helped us develop strength, it helped us to develop wisdom. And if we look at our children in ways that they're helping us to learn and become stronger in every situation that we go into them. So for instance, those ones in the morning when, when we're trying to get going and, we, and we're in a rush and we are, are finding that our children are not cooperating with us to go like, hey, hang on two seconds. Maybe my children are teaching me something. They're teaching me to slow down to take it easy, to be present with them. Because I think that they feed off that as well. And when we aren't showing up when obstacles arrive and showing up in a way that shows our kids that we are growing through obstacles, they start 
They start behaving in a similar way and they see obstacles as hindrances instead of the way or the thing that builds strength. And I think with my kids, when I've been able to do that, it's been excellent for me to be able to say to them, guys, remember when I did this or remember when you did that and how you came through it and how it made you stronger. And so when we see things in a different way, we see the obstacle as the way. So for instance, I've been riding with my kids sometimes and being annoyed that they're lagging behind instead of going, well, you know, we're riding in the forest here. It's a beautiful day. Hang on. This is not an obstacle. This is the way. I should slow down. I should be riding next to them. I should be taking my time and enjoying myself with my kids. Where am I off to? And that's just one example. And as you've seen in my life, I've had divorce. In fact, um, about seven years ago, we got separated. I had my twins. I had to fight for custody for five years. I was getting all worked up. I was getting all sad. I was I was losing my cool consistently. My tranquility was almost non-existent. I was affecting all those around me, affected my work, affected my relationship, affected my relationship with my kids until I went, no, this is the call. This is what I should be doing. This is going to help me. And what I did is I started realizing this thing, which is the worst thing that I've been through, besides almost losing my son, I thought like, wow, this is the way that I can step up as a dad. And I made the decision. No, I'm no longer going to be a victim. I'm going to step up. I'm going to become the best father that I can be. I'm going to create a home here. And I'm going to influence this and take control of what the things that, that I can. And, and I wasn't stoic then. I had no idea about these philosophies at all, besides maybe knowing Marcus Aurelius from Gladiator. Um, And that changed the game completely. And it helped me to become the dad that I wanted to be. I'm not there yet, but I'm so far further along the way because I used that obstacle as the way to get you. And that obstacle then started a thing called the Patchwork Dad. And then from the Patchwork Dad, developed the Dad Syndicate that I started with Bert. And now here I am uh, doing the Dad Syndicate, which is a totally flowed from me having to step up as a dad and as a man to, you know, get custody of my children um, 50% of the time. And also just become someone that is able to be a better father to my children and not let things like the communication with my ex get me down and stuff. And it's lovely to see my progress and lovely to see that even when I didn't know it, the stoic principles or ideas or concepts have helped me to get where I am. So guys, this is going to be tough. Let's use those moments to grow us as dads. Let's be there for our families. Let's be the best dads we can be. Let's enjoy this. I'm sure you're like me and you'd much rather have an underlying joy that continues through your day, tranquility and calm than this up and down emotional roller coaster that we get onto when we are affected by everything that happened to us. No, as Stoics, let's see things as they are. Let's be objective. Let's take a step back. Let's not let our emotions always cloud and paint every situation in a negative way. Let's paint it in a positive way. It's going to help us. I know I'm excited about this. So I hope you learned something from these points. I hope that you can take this and use this in your day on Friday and on your weekend. I hope you enjoy this. If you do, let me know. Check me out on Instagram, Facebook. As I said, join us in the Dad Syndicate Arena on Facebook in our closed group. It's small at the moment, but we're looking to grow that. I really appreciate all the support. Please check out our other interview shows. Had a great one with Alan Placer about the schooling system. His son has higher functioning autism, and obviously he's had quite a lot of challenges making it through the school system, and all of us can learn from that. So that comes out on a Tuesday. we got the Dad Stoke that comes out every Friday. It's time for me to head off and get ready for for work and go get my son off uh, watching Paw Patrol now. So have a lovely day. Thanks once again. And remember that all the time, energy and hard work that you put into being the man that your family need and deserve is always going to be worth it. So be stoic.